One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we've got a crazy story of revenge where somebody puts pepper juice on underwear. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, you make me freeze, I make you freeze. It's currently ranging between 0 degrees Celsius and about negative 5 degrees Celsius where I live. Despite this not exactly being t-shirt weather, I have a colleague who constantly cracks open windows in random rooms at work and leaves. She does in the loo, in the office kitchen, in the meeting room, everywhere. She only works half a day so she doesn't have to suffer the cold herself. She opens the windows and then takes off a few hours later and someone else, often me, then comes into a room where your breath makes little clouds and has to deal with it. And of course, when she comes back next morning, all the rooms will be nice and cozy again and she can restart her little mission to freeze us at our desks. I've tried to talk to her, of course. Asked her to close the windows she opened after a few minutes. Explained to her how unpleasant it is to be afraid that your teeth will chip from chattering while you wait for your tea water to cook. To no avail. Her answer is usually something along... I usually close the windows, of course. If I occasionally forget, then please do me a favor and close it yourself and just turn up the heater a bit. Since to me this problem isn't worth the hassle to take it to our boss, I just went around closing her darn windows every day, even specifically making rounds for that. Until this week. See, her and I usually don't have one-to-one meetings due to our work being pretty different, and any bigger meetings are over video calls in our company. But this week, we did have something to talk about and agreed to meet Wednesday at 8.30. At meeting time, she came knocking and expected to come into my office. But I shared with a coworker and told her that the coworker needed a quiet time and that the meeting room was empty. At this point, you can probably guess that when making my window closing rounds the day before, I left the meeting room alone. You can also probably guess that I made sure to wear some extra warm clothes to work that day, and you don't even need to guess that I made sure the meeting took longer than necessary, about 15 minutes, and that I was ignoring her signs of growing discomfort while I noticeably dragged my feet. Oh no, not necessary to send me an email, just tell me and I'll write it down now. No really, writing it down helps me think. Wait, this pen is garbage, I'll get a new one. Didn't they used to have those good black pens just a few months ago? I haven't seen them since. But maybe one of them got forgotten in one of the drawers here. Eh, no, that's a disappointment. Well, never mind, I'll just take one of these. Maybe after our meeting I'll ask the front office if they have more. Anyway, please continue. I just don't even understand why she comes and has to open any of the windows when it's zero degrees Celsius outside. I think honestly it's worth taking it to the boss because who wants to open the windows and have the windows open in that weather? Also hi, I'm Steven and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below. That said, our next story is Petty Porsche Revenge. In a past life, I used to be a chiropractor. Before a garbage truck hit me, another story, I sub-rented office space from an established doctor, Dr. N. Turns out Dr. N was an obsessive neurotic narcissist who'd like to dominate people, a total control freak. He pretended to be a nice, friendly boss, but actually he was quite cruel and not the person he pretended to be. A couple points relevant to the revenge, he was obsessed 
with the Holocaust. He would buy the most detailed and graphic historical books and read them over and over, and then would rant about the injustice of the German government. He was smart enough not to do this with his patients, but since I was there a lot, I heard it all the time. He was also an avid street racer. He owned two or three Porsches and would drive them through the winding and narrow roads up into the hills. It wasn't uncommon for him to hit well over 100 miles per hour on roads where 45 was dangerous. He bragged a lot. People died on these roads all the time. Mostly cyclists and motorcyclists hit by cars racing the turns. But he couldn't care less. He was obsessed with his cars as much as he was by the World War II event. My petty revenge happened at a professional development conference. I was sitting next to him and his wife, also a Cairo, and a handful of other Cairos. Dr. N, as usual, would not stop talking, and eventually his monologue looped back to said World War II event, and then on to how the German government today is just as evil as it was during back then. He then ended his rant by saying, But what can you do about it? I looked right in the eyes and totally deadpanned. Well, I would start by not buying any more of their cars. His wife burst out laughing so hard I thought she might have fallen out of her chair. His face turned bright red, and for one of the few times ever, he had nothing to say. Literally, he gagged, trying to say anything, but could not get out a single word for almost a minute. After that, he stopped talking about that World War II event and Porsches to me, which was fine with me. This is the kind of guy you try to find a way to get out of making small talk with after hearing them just go on and on about those subjects. Just one big no thank you. Our next story is, Lil Sis monopolizes the phone, pays the price. This goes back to when I was like 19, so we had two phone lines in my house. One for my mother, and one shared between me and my sis. And we both had cordless phones, yes it was in the 90s, but here's the thing. My absolute terror of a 15 year old younger sister who was always on the phone, used to sometimes pick up while I was on the line with a friend, and tell me to get off the phone while I was in mid-conversation. And I was by no means a phone hog either, okay? She did it more than once, and it wasn't the only thing she did. Like stealing my clothes, for instance. One day I'd had enough, and in the most passive-aggressive petty revenge one could have, I left to spend the weekend at my girlfriend's house who lived a couple of miles away. My mother was away on a trip, so it was my chance. I made sure both cordless phones were in my bedroom, which had a key lock that I made absolute sure to lock, and I stayed away from Friday night until Sunday afternoon. As an older adult looking back, I suppose it probably was unsafe to some degree, with her having no phone whatsoever and no way to drive, but at the time, I didn't care. I imagined with great satisfaction her torment at hearing the phones ringing from my room, her junior high friends trying in vain to reach her, When I returned, she was like, oh my god, you accidentally locked the phones away. It may seem minor, but for a phone freak like her, it was the ultimate revenge and she darn well deserved it. We get along now, mostly. Sometimes when you've got to share things as kids with your siblings and they don't want to share, you got to find a way to get your turn in. This just takes me back though to back in the day when I actually still had a landline phone. I looked it up and apparently there's still a hundred million landline phones in the US, so it's not really like disappeared. Our next story is, put an inconsiderate flatmate in her place. 
I have a flatmate in my student accommodation who's super inconsiderate and really noisy. She uses my dishes without asking and practices her singing until late at night. All the rest of my flatmates and I have told her to be quiet and actually contribute to chores consistently, but she doesn't listen. Today, she was singing extra loud, so I decided to plan some revenge to make her feel pretty bad about herself. Since she wouldn't listen to any of us, I wanted to make it seem like other people also had a problem with her. I wrote a note saying, To whoever lives in here that sings really loud, please shut the freak up. You sound like a dog. People are trying to work and placed the note by our front door to make it seem like someone slid it under there. We live in a uni accommodation block for context. She was pretty butthurt when her friend found the note on their way out and read it aloud to her. Hope she learns her lesson. This just makes me think of that old viral video, I think it was a Vine, where some girl standing in the bathroom singing really loudly and just trying to like go on some crazy run, but it just sounds awful and like screaming almost and somebody from the other side of the house pipes up and says shut up. Ruined their little singing video, that's for sure. Our next story is steal detergent and get payback. Many years ago, I lived in a multi-family student housing cooperative. Laundry facilities were shared with roughly 24 families. Residents had always left their laundry detergent, powder in those days, in the laundry room, and there were never issues. In the fall, several new families moved in and one was clearly saving money by helping themselves to other people's detergent. We were all broke, but if they had asked, we would have certainly have helped them, but no one was sure who this was. Just to guess that it was the new family. Finally, by spring, one woman was tired of buying detergent for them. She used half a box of detergent and sprinkled blue, black, and green powdered fabric dye under the top layer. The thief was caught within a few days. Although she insisted that someone sabotaged her detergent, her kids spent the summer outside in streaked gray play clothes and her husband went to every door and apologized for his wife. It was either this with a dye or some kind of agent that would like bleach the clothes. I mean, hey, streaky gray clothes are better than probably light bright pink clothes maybe. At least you can say it was like some crazy tie-dye accident. Our next story is Bully Knocks Holes in Wall? $10 for shattered hand. This was so long ago, in the very early 80s when video arcades were all the rage. My cousin and I worked crappy jobs, decided to open a video arcade, rented a building, repainted the place, had signs made, all the things that cost money before you make money and were completely flat broke. Opened the arcade and had a lot of traffic, including the local bully and his minions, which completely turned the atmosphere sour when they showed up. The bully eventually wanted to show dominance to us and punched a hole in the sheetrock wall. I was furious and was ready to take him and his gang on. My cousin on the other hand laughed. Bet him $5 he couldn't do it again next to where the hole was. He did it again and my cousin gave him $5. Another round of hitting the wall? Another $5. The bully's $10 up and liking this money and attention. Then my cousin bet him once again he couldn't do it for $5, and the bully took him up on the bet. This old building had lousy sheetrock, brittle and easy to knock holes in, but it was built with rough, sawed hardwood studs in the walls that had been drying into nearly steel and strength for nearly 50 years. This guy wound up a punch, let it fly, hit the wall stud, and it wasn't sheetrock we heard breaking. With tears running down his face, holding his destroyed hand, 
He took off so no one would see him break down with the pain. About a week later, I saw him at the convenience store with a metal rack around his hand, several pins through the fingers and back of his hand, and it was strapped up to his chest, and asked him how he spent the $10. All I got was a lot of, prick off and just you wait. But it doesn't stop there. He had claimed his hand got caught in a business store and was threatening to sue that business for his medical bills when my cousin heard about it and informed the business of how the hand actually got damaged. With a little investigation, members of his gang ratted him out. He wound up paying his own medical bills and was threatened with being charged with insurance fraud. Don't know if it actually happened. Later, he threatened to sue us, but the insurance company lawyer explained to him not only wasn't it an accident, but being a deliberate act, he could be sued for damages to the building. He backed down. About two years after that, he got his teeth knocked out in a fight, then tried to claim they got knocked out at his job, but someone informed the company what actually happened. He was fired, and they didn't pay for the teeth. Years later, I found out it was my cousin that informed his workplace. What reminded me of this? I just saw him 40 plus years later in life, in my 60s now, complaining about the arthritis in his hand and talking with a lisp from the still missing teeth. Apparently he doesn't remember I was co-owner of the arcade and was four feet away when he totaled his hand, tried to pass it off as a workplace injury where he got screwed out of disability, but bragging he screwed the hospital out of the bill. Or remember that it cost us $200 to replace the sheetrock and repaint the wall? $200 we really couldn't afford at the time. Well. if you count the $10 in bully pets. Moral, don't be a bully jerk, it'll follow you for life. You gotta love that no matter how hard this guy tried to strong arm businesses into paying for his medical bills, OP's cousin kept coming along and knocking them down, and rightfully so. Our next story is, try to replace me? I'll just leave you hanging then. I was just reminded of the story today because I ran into the person, antagonist in the story, Years ago, I worked at a business with many departments. The department I worked in had a lot of recent turnover, and suddenly I became the most experienced person in that area. Being young and female, not a lot of people took me seriously, but I was ready and willing to change their minds and excited to succeed. A few weeks in, I catch word that the company sent someone who I considered a friend, let's call them Shelby, from another department to another location to train for my position. I confront the manager, cry because I'm young and very heartbroken they still aren't taking me seriously, and begin formulating my plan. I found another company in the city that was hiring something similar. I had to do some studying and pass a test first though. During that time, Shelby's come back, knows I know, and is utterly sorry for betraying me, etc. I barely talk to her. She eventually informs me that she's decided to resign, and I simply say good luck, knowing I'll be leaving soon after. Fast forward a couple of weeks, I'm feeling confident in my studies and I'm ready to give my notice, but I wait until the day after Shelby's last day. Ah, it felt so good to tell them I was leaving, especially after the person who they were trying to replace me with was already gone. Just ran into the manager today and was glad to tell them that I'm now in the highest position of the company I went to work for after they failed to see my value. Honestly, this is why most companies, if they're going to go and pull a stunt like this, need to try to be a little bit smarter about it. You can't just teleprompt that some new person's coming in clearly to be the replacement, probably cheaper, 
for somebody and expect them to just be hunky-dory with it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Our next story is, she would be arrested today, but in 1971, I deserved this petty revenge. I was a little crap to my 6th grade teacher in Catholic school. It was her first year teaching, and I pushed her limits every day. It wasn't my proudest year in school. On the last day of school, I squirted her with a squirt gun. Her eyes turned to violence. She grabbed me by the back of the neck and she hissed, Come with me. She marched me out of the classroom and down the hall. I was terrified, thinking I was going to be taken to the principal's office, an old nun we all feared and called the Goose. She marched me right up to a drinking fountain, forced my head into it, and turned on the water. She held my head there, soaking my hair thoroughly, and then marched me back to class by the neck, still dripping. When she brought me into the classroom, my fellow students all laughed at me. I deserved it. Definitely would be immediately barred from teaching anywhere, would be probably arrested for assault. It's interesting though to see OP look back at me like, you know what, yeah, I deserve that. I mean, I know kids act out and I know they can be a handful, but do they really deserve getting a swirly in the water fountain by the teacher? This next story is, want the yard so bad? You can have the yard all to yourself. Background, years before the issue neighbor moved in, we signed a lease agreement that included we had exclusive use and care of the yard. We lived in an upstairs slash downstairs duplex and had the downstairs. It was common for upstairs apartments like this to have no yard rights in lease. We allowed the previous tenants to use our things and we would have let her 
had she not been such an issue and rude. Her kid did not live with her and was there on average one day a week. This neighbor was under the impression if they could see it, it was shared, including things in my house. Our upstairs neighbor moved in late fall. We used our yard year-round and still had fully legal fires in the winter. Around spring, she started bothering the manager about it. She wants to use the yard and we won't let her and her kid keeps asking and we're telling her kid no. I was shocked. We had never talked to the child at all, nor her about the yard, and manager hadn't brought it up to us. Plus, I'm not a monster. The kid could play in the yard without asking. I heard her saying this outside very loudly on the phone. We tried working things out through the manager, went through different options, her slash us, front yard slash backyard split, front and left, her, side yard split and back and right side yard split, front, left side and 70% of the backyard and small walkway access out our back door to the right side yard, all a big fat no. Neighbor did get their own fire pit after they were told they couldn't use ours and threw a fit about it, but failed to pay attention to safety guidelines. This included having a 6 foot plus fire 5 feet from our duplex. 911 wasn't called but should have been. We were not home at the time. Also video of her and her friends laughing about how it's about to go up and how they have no water to stop it and laughing harder about how it could burn the house down. Luckily our dogs and us weren't home at the time. At this point the daily harassment was insane. She stomped so hard she broke a window in our unit under her stairs. My dog started ripping his hair out from stress because of the non-stop impact noise. We later found out it was a basketball upstairs. We moved our dogs out for their health and safety. Then it was petty revenge. We removed everything we owned from the yard. The fire pit, the patio chairs, tables, firewood, horseshoe pits, down to our rocks, everything. Only left what we did not own, which was nothing but yard. Most of our stuff we gave to our next door neighbor. Then we told the manager she can have the exclusive use of the yard and all that comes with it, the care and landscaping. Manager was more than happy to get her off her back about yard use and asked when they would be giving her the key to our lawnmower. I laughed and said, no, she can't use my mower. Even if I did let her, she wouldn't do it. That's your problem now. And if I can't use the yard without being harassed, she might as well have it. This is on you. Eventually they got the point and hired someone to care for the lawn, as there was no way she would, even if she had a mower. We had doorbell cameras at this time that covered our back door and backyard as well as front yard. She used the backyard once to drag her baby in circles around the house. Once she saw that all of our crap was gone and she couldn't use it, she was pissed and never used the yard again. Turns out she didn't want the yard, she wanted the crap we owned in the yard. Man, it sure is nice that there's this fire pit and all of these things out here in the backyard for us to use solely and was not provided by anybody else. Definitely not the people that have a walkway directly from their back door. How does the upstairs person even get into the backyard? Our next story is petty revenge with a side of federal charges. Way back in the ancient days of 1985, I was tormented by a complete jerk named Jimmy, who was one grade above me in high school in a small town where everyone knows everything about you and who said what. He was a redneck who hung out with similar losers who liked chewing tobacco. One day, he thought it would be fun to use my backpack that was hanging off the back of my chair as his spit cup. 
I was furious, but with his gang of cretins, there was nothing I could do about it, at least not until he turned 18 and hadn't graduated yet. In school, I heard him bragging to his friends that he stole some mail from the post office by reaching into his P.O. box and grabbing the mail in the adjoining boxes. He's bragged that he's got someone's social security check and cashed it, using the money to buy some Coors beer. Well, my friend's mother worked at the post office, and I let her know to keep an eye out. Sure enough, a couple of weeks later, he got caught. The mailman inside saw his scrawny arm reaching in and just grabbed him by the wrist and bent it at a 90-degree angle, trapping his arm until the police showed up. He ended up not finishing school while in jail waiting trial and going to prison for the better part of a decade. Further investigation by the FBI, because it's a federal crime, got some of his jerk friends caught up as well. I moved away right after high school and never went back. But before I left, I made sure everyone knew I tipped them off. This guy did two hilariously bad things. One, messed with mail, incredibly bad idea, federal crime as they learned. And two, cashing checks. You would be struggling to find a more trackable financial crime than using checks. Our next story is pulling the sound plug on a computer hog. Ten years ago, I worked in a community center where people would come to play pool, play board games, and drink tea. There was a computer available for clients to use, as many still didn't have smartphones or home Wi-Fi. The clients were always considerate of others until one guy joined and ruined it for everyone else. He would rock up, plug in his headphones and hog the computer all day, watching Beyonce videos, playing pocket billiards, and laughing like Beavis and Butthead all day long. The manager was a coward who wouldn't let us do anything, even when he started becoming aggressive towards other clients who only asked nicely if they could use the computer for 10 minutes to pay a utility bill or check their emails. A week or so after being told not to challenge him, I got a new home computer and had a eureka moment whilst setting it up. Turns out it's really easy to enable or disable a sound card once you know how. So the next day I got to work early and did just that. None of the other clients noticed because they only used the computer for admin, not for perving over music videos. When he realized there was no sound, he threw a tantrum. I played dumb and said, No idea, it was working yesterday. Maybe your headphones are broken? He sulked off and came back 20 minutes later with a pair of freshly bought, expensive looking headphones. But of course, there was still no sound. At this point, he then threw an even bigger tantrum and demanded I fix it. When I carried on playing dumb and said I didn't know how, he lost his temper and grabbed me by the shirt collar. That was too far even for my manager who finally grew a backbone and banned him from the center. I enabled the sound card again the next day and everyone was able to enjoy their tea and board games in peace again. Yeah, I can totally understand why OP did this when there's people that really do need to use it and this guy's just using it for leisure and maybe a little bit more than that unfortunately. This next story is my teacher enjoyed picking on the small kid. This whole event took place my sophomore year in high school. I hadn't quite physically matured yet and stood at all of 5 foot 4. I generally caught a lot of crap from kids because I was the easy target. I was a star soccer and baseball player who was respected for that, but still got to hear the constant jokes from anyone who felt the need to make themselves feel better. I had an AutoCAD slash drafting teacher who always loved to make jokes about my height and girls. 
I was somewhat timid and shy due to self-esteem issues, so I never really spoke up for myself and responded to his remarks. It's almost as if he would make a point to say things in front of the class to make them laugh. Eventually, my friends and peers realized I hated it, so even they stopped entertaining him. One day, I finally decided to speak to him after class, asking him to stop because I was embarrassed and couldn't concentrate in the environment. His response was, Jesus Christ, stop being such a wussy and get out of my room. I never forgot this. One day I came in and I'd just gotten my learner's permit to be able to drive, so I was showing it off to a friend. The teacher came over and exclaimed, Look everyone, they're giving 10-year-old licenses now. He then grabbed a stack of four encyclopedia books and told me I could have them in case I needed to sit on them while driving. Well, it just so happened he was going through a messy divorce at the time. Everybody knew about it because his wife was cheating on him with another teacher at school. Being a day before Valentine's Day, I'd bought a rose from the little booth at school to give to my crush. Reaching my breaking point, I confidently held the rose up and asked if he wanted the rose to try and get his wife to love him again, or if I should just give it to Mr. Johnson, the teacher his wife cheated with, to give to her. He absolutely went ballistic on me and lost his crap to the point of freaking out and having teachers come across the hall to see what was going on. When he finished his outburst and I had a second to speak, I calmly responded with, With all due respect, I think you should take your own advice and stop being a wussy. In that moment, I thought he was going to physically assault me and I was ready for whatever was going to happen. He left for the day shortly after. Being this took place on a Friday, I showed up Monday expecting discipline or the class to be awkward, but instead the guy's father had filled the spot as a teacher and stated that his son was checked into a mental health facility. I initially felt bad, but then I thought about all the crap he gave me, and I never felt remorse after that or since. He had the option to stop, and decided to push it further, so I did what I needed to do to end it. This was a turning point in my life because I learned to speak up for myself to accomplish things, and not sit on the back burner all the time. I eventually matured into my 5'11", 200-pound frame, when I saw him around five years later at the store. He didn't recognize me at first, but when he did, he came up to me and apologized, and told me he was a jerk and took his frustrations out on me. Being an army veteran, he said he had thoughts about ending things and ending me like he did his enemy in Iraq, and informed someone which led him to being involuntarily committed to a VA mental health facility. He eventually thanked me because he said he finally received the help he needed. Obviously, this was never my intention, but I got my revenge and he got help. Win-win scenario. Whenever you can say that you did an action that upset your teacher so much they went to a mental health facility, your teacher revenge story is definitely up there near the top. Our next story is, I put pepper juice on my cousin's underwear. A few years ago, a few cousins came to live with us. Me, 18, my sister, 15, my mom and stepdad as their dad's girlfriend could no longer deal with one of the kids that I'll call Ick, 16. Ick was very combative, constantly trying to pick fights, and just generally try to throw his weight around with me and my sister, emphasize the try there. Well, one day I got pissed at him since he tried to make noodles, but somehow managed to burn my school textbook. Partly my fault, I left it near the stove but not on it, and mom made me pay for it out of my money. Upset, I spent the week trying to figure out how to get back at him, 
During this time, he had not showered once for at least two weeks, and I was getting fed up with this, as well as the fact that you could smell what room he was in, including recently in. So I took one of the bigger green peppers, not the small one, I'm not that cruel, and rubbed some of the juices on the crotch of his underwear and put it on the top of his clean underwear pile. It was over a week before I woke up to him screaming that his privates hurt. At this time, I completely forgot about what I did, so I just ignored him till his crying started to annoy me, and I got up to see what was going on. My mom was trying to figure out why his privates were hurting and assumed it was a UTI. I did as well considering how he never showered, and suggested he go shower, to which he told me something along the lines of go pound sand. Shrugging it off, I just started to eat my cereal as my mom reluctantly began to get ready to take him to the doctor. It wasn't until after they were gone and I was in class did I recall what I had done and began to feel kind of bad, especially when I got back home and he was just sobbing in a ball. I tried to get him to go shower and change clothes, but he screamed at me to leave him alone, so I did. So let me get this straight. This guy's privates were hurting. They didn't shower for weeks. It took them a week to even put the new clean pair of underwear on. And after all that, they went to the doctor without ever having showered? Like, how shameless is this person? Like, at least they would think, like, you know, the doctor's probably going to inspect that area. Wouldn't they want to shower and not be, like, reeking and disgusting? I mean, jeez. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.